Oh my, I have just come across, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six horses out having a bit of a swim. This is amazing. Oh, the, the waves are crashing around them. Oh, they look like they're having a great time. Have you ever dreamed of living on a paradise island? That's exactly what Yvonne Campbell will be doing for a whole year. Otherworld Travel presents Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. What an eventful day it has been. A coconut landed on my roof and woke me up at about 1.30am. That's not that unusual. Between coconuts and monkeys on the roof, I can get quite noisy at times, but I'm usually able to just turn over and go back to sleep again. But not today. My alarm clock was set for 4am, so I didn't really nod back off in case I missed it. And the reason I had to get up at 4am was because I had a live Sky News interview back in the UK. So it was 8.30 their time, 4.30 my time, middle of the night here practically. But I tell you what, it was a great experience. The whole segment was about working from home in paradise. Welcome back. Now, for many of us, one of the biggest changes brought about by the pandemic has been homeworking. But for a lucky few Britons who've moved to Barbados during the pandemic, working from home... There was me and another couple who have also moved here on the welcome stamp. ...about how jealous you're going to be by this segment. So joining us now are travel agent and podcaster Yvonne Campbell. If you want to hear what we said, head on over to my Instagram page where you'll be able to get the clip from it. Barbados, what a great shout. Uh, Yvonne, to you first. After the interview, I just got on with a bit of work since I was already up and awake. But I did take a break early morning to go for a walk on the beach. I decided to go and check out one of the beaches that Alan, who is one of my guests on today's show, had mentioned. On the way, I saw some horses swimming on another beach. That beach is called Pebbles Beach. I've been told about this regular routine of horsemen from the garrison bringing down the horses for a swim a few days a week. And I had to stop off and have a look. What's its name? Musipolis. Musipolis? Yeah. Hello. So is this like part of their exercise? Yeah. yeah. An exercise routine? Wow. What a beautiful horse, Musipolis. Again, head on over to my Instagram for some gorgeous photos. Life in Barbados. A year on a paradise island. And then I got to Brand Ends Beach to watch some surfers. So Alan had told me that there were going to be some good swells due this week. And yeah, it didn't disappoint really. I wasn't expecting that many surfers, but there was a good few dozen out there catching the waves. It's a bit of a cloudy morning and we've had rain on and off for the last hour or two. So the water isn't as turquoise blue as I'm used to it being. I don't think that matters if you're surfing. What really matters is that there are lots and lots of waves. That's pretty impressive. I reckon those who have been taking it easy out there are now going to try and catch a few waves. I was considering maybe having a surf lesson to try it out, but with the current restrictions, that is not possible. Now, let me just clarify. When I say considering, I was like thinking about it. I wasn't definitely going to do it. So I'm still a bit kind of apprehensive just because I don't really know what to expect. But I think some of the conversations in today's episode have given me a bit of an insight into what it would be like to try surfing. 
if I wasn't able to go and try a surf lesson, I thought, well, what would be the next best thing? It is five to nine and the beach curfew starts at nine o'clock. So the rest of the surfers are just making their way in. And it's a good job because it has just started raining really heavy and there's a mist that's coming across the sea. And I think I can spot Alan as well, so I might just get to say hello before I head off. And speaking to a local surfing legend here in Barbados, a national and international champion, Alan Burke was the way to go. I'm really interested about how you started out in the world of surfing. Where I was born and raised is a beach named after my family. It's called Burke's Beach. It's about a mile south of Bridgetown, which is the capital. It's an area where all my grandfathers, brothers and sisters lived. There were six houses down in this little area uh, on the beach just next door to the Barbados Yacht Club. And it just became known over the years as Burke's Beach because all the Burks lived there and it was a fairly open place. Everyone used to congregate there to build boats, go fishing, go sailing, playing water polo right in front of my grandmother's house. All kinds of beach sports, be playing beach cricket, beach football, beach volleyball, <laughs> diving, snort, you name it. Amazing childhood life. And on comes uh, my generation. There's actually one generation before me that surfed. It was Wayne Burt, which was my cousin, nicknamed Doc. And then Steve Johnson, whose mother was a Burke. And we started to use his board, actually, my brother and I. And we started to surf right out in front of Burke's Beach. And we then got into competition because we were a very uh, competitive family. The <laughs> entire Burke family is well known in the sporting arenas in, in Barbados in various different sports and at competitive level, national level. And in many of the sports, international level, my brother and I pretty much were the first Burke surfers that took it uh, at an international level where we were competing and uh, going on the world stage. Got a few people lying on the sand and they seem to be stretching. I suppose they're limbering up for getting into the water. A few nights ago, you told me a bit of a story behind the first year that you started surfing. Could yeah. you confirm for us, when is the first year that you started surfing? My mom died in 1977. I was eight years old. My brother was nine and my other brother was 11. So that was a shocker in our lives. Mm. And my dad, the following year, picked us up and took us to Canada, which is where her family, she was born in Guyana, but her family uh, immigrated to Canada back in the 60s or whenever it was. And he took us to Canada to see the family and to Disney World. Now, I went through my entire life thinking that I went to Disney World in 1979, and I've done endless surfing in interviews, and I've always said I started surfing in 1979. But I recently was informed by my dad, because I always knew I, I went to Disney World, and when I came back from Disney World, I started surfing. But I was enlightened recently that my dad said, we did not go to Disney World in 1979. We went in 1978. So oh. all my life, I'm, I'm actually a one year older surfer than I always thought. So I started surfing in August 1978 and not August 1979. So that's when I started. Why would somebody come to Barbados surfing if they've maybe experienced something like surfing in Newquay? Well, first of all, Newquay is freezing cold <laughs> Good water. point. <laughs> when when I went there, that was the shock I was leading up to tell you. It wasn't the level of the surfers there. It was the 
temperature of the water because I had never surfed in a wetsuit before going to Cornwall. So we were wearing a tiki, which was a very popular brand there. Bill Thompson knew the guy that owned tiki very well. And we, we were wearing these five millimeter suits and stiff and just tough. But to really answer your question, Barbados is so open to every single swell that's out there knocking around. We, we are 100 miles to the east of the Caribbean island chain, so we stick out. So we get waves coming from the North Atlantic, from off of Africa, coming up from off of Brazil. Even when there's systems in, in the Caribbean, we've had a number of systems in the Caribbean that push the waves this direction too. One in particular was 1999, Lenny, November. And basically we get waves from every single angle. So there's surf all around the island all year. And especially if you're a beginner or intermediate to below, intermediate down into novice beginner, there's waves every single day, 100% guaranteed. I've been teaching full-time now nearly 20 years. And I think I cancelled about five lessons in my life. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Please do subscribe to Life in Barbados to follow my journey and never miss an episode. Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. So there seems to be about two dozen surfers out at the moment. So there's some good waves by the looks of it. It's uh, pretty impressive. All sorts of people, all sorts of ages. They seem to be out in the water. And there's also quite a few people uh, who are just here to observe and watch the surfers enjoy themselves. For somebody who was maybe thinking about trying to learn how to surf, how would you convince them? Like, what objections do you hear and how do you convince them otherwise to give it a go? Well, I don't really like to go into to that stage where I have to convince you to come. Uh, if you show interest, I'm certainly going to encourage you, but I'm not going to force you. I, same with my kids. You know, I, I have had some parents come and want to get their kids into it and you know, I would I would say a few encouraging words, but to me, no is no. And surfing is very safe. Once you have the right guidance, you've got the right equipment, you're choosing the right surf location, and you're choosing the right size of waves. You don't want to be taken into waves that are way out of your league. And if you're a very beginner, you don't want to go into wave conditions over three feet. You want waves one, even six inches. With the foam boards I have, you could ride waves six inches and have a great time. I try to keep the the beach information as short, but there are certain things that I need to get across to you to make sure that we are have keep my success rate of standing on on actually your first wave or your first lesson is almost 100%. These things I'll go through with you on the shore because the best place to practice is on the shore on the board, showing you how to paddle, how to punch through the waves, how to stand. And I have a I have a technique that is guaranteed 100% of your money back. I don't know if there is an etiquette to it, but I'm quite surprised that not everybody seems to be going for the same waves. So you probably only have two, three, maybe four people like across quite a big kind of open expanse who are trying to catch the waves coming in whilst the rest just kind of paddle around and look like they're having a bit of a chat. So I don't know if that's kind of something they agree beforehand or, you know, if they kind of talk to each other when they're right there and agree who's going to try and uh, catch the waves. Because I'm assuming if they all try to do it at the same time, it gets a bit crowded. 
you seem to be more floating around in the water and having a chat than actually surfing. What do you expect whenever you go out? Do you be expecting, you know, when you're out in the water, like 50% of your time to be trying to catch waves? Or what does it feel like to be out in the water? You know, surfing is 90% paddling. Now, it all comes down to how focused you are out there, where you're sitting, you're positioning yourself, knowing how waves operate, predicting where the wave is going to go, knowing the reef you're on, making lineups with the beach. The lineup is a stationary reference point with the beach. You get out there, because once you get out there and sit down, all the water looks the same, right? And everybody's moving with the current. But if you're focusing on the inside and looking on the beach, at a tree, a coconut tree, or whatever your landmark is, not a cow or a dog or anything like that, stationary reference point, you can keep lining up with where the waves generally come. Now the lineup is the general area within striking distance when a set comes. So if you're way out of position and you're not in the lineup, when the set comes, you're gonna be too far out of position and then you miss the waves. And I find that happens a lot. For instance, I'm out Brandon's, which is the breakdown behind Drill Hall, the surface call at Brandon's. And I went out there at 8.20 the other day. It was quite crowded because we are surfing in compressed beach allowance times, which is six to nine. If the beach opened up for the day, there would be no crowd. All year we have no crowd. All of a sudden we are down to six to nine. So hello, you can't blame the surfers. You can't blame the exercises, the walkers or whatever. You got three hours. So everyone that normally surfs on an afternoon or walks on an afternoon, or exercises or afternoons, now exercising and surfing on the morning. So everybody's yeah. out there busy. And you have to wait for the waves to come. You know, you're dealing with nature. The sets come as frequent as whatever is pushing that swell. So when we say a swell is coming, that means there's a cold front or a low pressure or a hurricane or a tropical storm coming and that's producing a swell. So if you got the Igor swell, which is Hurricane Igor, or which was recently uh, Paulette or Teddy, which we did a film on that, which was with my two boys, Josh and Jacob. It was an awesome film. You should check it out. It's called Box Bowl and the Burks. It's on Josh's YouTube channel, Josh Burke YouTube channel. Go and check it out. It's pretty sick. It's really, really good footage of what uh, we have are considered world-class conditions, A-plus conditions, and we put together a six-minute short film, and it was done really well. Quite a few of the local photographers put it together. Life in Barbados. I also caught up with Craig Bulow, who has also escaped to Barbados and has been given surfing a go. Craig, the last time I seen you was probably just over a month ago and you had just started taking some surf lessons here in Barbados. So why did you want to try it out? Well, I mean, you know, when you come to uh, paradise, as I put it, Barbados is a perfect place to get out into the ocean. I mean, you know, it's I love the ocean and um, you know, growing up watching films like Point Break and watching the professionals do it gave me a right interest in it, you know. You're right in the middle of nature, you've got turtles that bob their heads up, you've got a social scene as well with other people on surfboards. So you were a complete beginner, is that right? Oh, complete, absolutely. I've done it once before in Bali. And uh, yeah, being in Barbados gave the opportunity and there's a really cool surf school down the road uh, where you can hire out the boards and there's uh, instructors there. So yeah, it all made up for a good idea to go and do it, yeah. So if somebody was thinking about going and taking a lesson, can you explain to them what they could expect? Gauge where you're at. Have you surfed before? What your balance is like, your height, etc. And they choose the right board. I mean, I'm still on what they call a boat, which is 
<laughs> a really long uh, surfboard and quite wide as well and you should be able to ride any wave on it and um, yeah I mean what you learn on the beach you just transfer out to the water. Was it really that easy converting what you did on the beach to doing it on water? No it isn't and that's the fun, <laughs> but that's the fun part you know it's, it's great to come off it's great to not look cool and make a bit of a you know be a bit silly or whatever that's part of the process um, you get back up on your on your surfboard and go again um, but you have got help you know with the instructor they give you a push you know you're not having to catch the wave uh, concentration is more about getting up so yeah you've got a good chance and then you know the more you do it the more practice it becomes hopefully second nature <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a long way off that by the way I'm still a Quimby which is a Quimby is not a cool surfer. It's, a, it's basically a beginner. Is that a general surfing term or is that something about here in Barbados? It's uh, used in Australia, I believe. It may be a worldwide label for a beginner or uh, not a cool surfer. <laughs> Craig, you sound like you know what you're talking about anyway, so at least that's a bonus. Well, I've f- finished up in a few washing machines, that's for sure. Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. Is that that paddle out can be quite tough? So when Alan talked about helping people paddle out, now I understand why it's uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty challenging. I would say because the tides coming and the waves are coming in the waves, and you're kind of swimming out against the waves. So you probably need a good bit of strength if you're trying to do that on your own. And in terms of you learning how to surf, what have you found the most challenging? Well, the challenge really is to get up and stay up and catch as many many waves as you can obviously you don't catch everyone you can paddle like mad and try and get the one that you think is going to be big enough to to get you up because it's all about momentum you know once the surfboard is starting to uh, be caught by the wave that's when you gain momentum that's when it it gets easier to stand up um so yeah that's the biggest challenge really is is catching them and and getting your balance and, and staying Stay in the duration. What's your favourite go-to if you just want to be kind of out on your own, doing your own thing? Brandon's for sure. Yeah. You know, it's still, although I've been living up uh, by South Point now for 20 odd years, I still consider it my home break. And that's where I think I started to excel. And Soup Bowl. Soup Bowl and Brandon's are, are my two favourites for sure. So Alan told me about his favourite spot, which is Brands End. So I've been up early this morning, up at the crack of dawn, to do a news interview. And I thought I would venture a bit further south to check it out. And I've literally just pulled in the car park and there is a pickup truck which says Burks on it. So I'm thinking he might be here somewhere. I might even get a chance to say hello in person. This is great. I've been watching you for the last hey, hour. Right. So how's it going? Nice How was it? Good. I had fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. What were those waves like? Are they pretty good or? Um, there's a swell due to hit. Actually, the forecast has it due to hit at nine o'clock. You're uh, joking me. Yeah. Just that you have to come in. Yeah. That's so, a shame. But um, but it's not bad. It's okay. You know. Good. It's, I can't complain. Excellent. Same about the rain and that. Yeah. I'm sure it doesn't make a difference when you're out there. No, not really. Excellent. Oh, good. Well, we better get going before the nine o'clock. I know. Really nice to meet you in person. I thought I'd come and hang out. So than
I would imagine a lot of people listening to the podcast might be beginners thinking about maybe taking their very first step into a surf lesson. And obviously you have your surf academy as well. So you're probably the perfect person to give us a few tips for beginners. So if somebody was going to come here on holiday and try it out, any tips you would give them? Before you arrive, if you're definitely committing to going surfing, I would say the three main things you could do to start to get into shape because you come here, it's a, it's a sport that you use up a lot of energy. However, I do make it easy for you because I push you around because I need the exercise. I put you on the board, I push you around, I push you anyways. When you need help paddling back out, if your pride or ego don't get in the way, I, I come in there and I dock my nose and my board on the tail of yours and I ferry you out and push you back out. But if you're being serious, like you can be a serious beginner, you want to maximize your time here, I would say you want to start doing some squats, some push-ups and some sit-ups. You want to build your thighs and your, your hamstrings and your calves. You want to build your core, your abs. As I said earlier, 90% of surfing this is paddling. Not if you're learning to surf with me, because I'll do that for you. <laughs> um, but you want to build your shoulders and your arms. So push-ups come in, come into play there. So push-ups, sit-ups, squats. And if you are in Barbados and you fancy getting a surf lesson, make sure you get in touch with Alan at Berkey Surf School. What a better person to give you a surf lesson than a local national and international surf champion. Contact details are also in the show notes. Life in Barbados. So there you have it. Thanks to those insights from Alan, who sounds like he knows every single surf break here in the island. And he even got a chance to put the record straight about when he started surfing. So it was 1978, not 1979. And thanks to Craig for sharing with us his experience of learning how to surf. You must check out the Box, Bowl and the Burks, the six minute video that Alan mentioned. It was videoed by Mark Harris, Antonio Bellholder, Niall Thomas and Alan Burke himself. It was edited and produced by Niall Thomas. I have the link to the video in my show notes and it is well worth checking out. For my show notes, Instagram details where you can find my photos and details of how to subscribe and follow my podcast so you don't miss a single episode, head on over to the following link. Life-in-barbados.com forward slash podcast. If you are enjoying the show, I would also love it if you could leave me a review. You can do this by clicking the link on the listen and subscribe button in the same link. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. Go to life-in-barbados.com forward slash subscribe. If you've been enjoying Life in Barbados, you're going to want to check out my other show, The Bucket List. Each episode, I chat with locals, guides, and even some people I met along the way on various dream trips. Experience safari in Tanzania, road trips across the US, and hiking across Australia's national parks, just to mention a few of the episodes. Go to otherworldtravel.com forward slash podcast. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.